Welcome to Also Cool Sounds Like. This season, we're featuring the stories and creative journeys of Montreal musicians. We're having conversations about where their musical inspiration comes from, what keeps them going, and what finding their place in the Montreal music scene has been like. I'm your host, Gwen. And I'm your other host, Aviva. Each episode, one of us interviews a musician or band to learn about their craft. Who are we speaking with today? I had the pleasure of sitting down with Tashina Buzwa and Will Riley of Love Language. They're so sick. I got to hear them perform at a concert, I think back in November, right before the last COVID lockdown, and it was wild. They were so electric on stage, and they really just gave so much to that performance. Yeah, they talked about how much they love performing and how excited they are to work on their next album. Cool. I can't wait to hear the interview. My name is Tashina Baswa, and I am the lead singer for Love Language. And I'm uh, Will Riley, and I play guitar in Love Language. Love Language was formed in late 2019 and played their first show weeks before the first COVID lockdown. In the fall of 2021, they started playing live music again with a new lineup that included Lan Thokjom on drums and Lucas Cormier on bass, and released an EP, Trying to Reach You. They told me about their origin story and musical inspirations. Yeah, Will and I are like obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. I don't know why. It's just just like a common love. I think having common influences really affects how like the ultimate product comes out. We're an indie rock band, so we listen to a lot of rock music, I'd say. And I think like ultimately us as a whole, we have like a lot of like 60s and 70s sort of influences. I'd say like television, like Talking Heads, Velvet Underground, uh, The Replacements, like that kind of thing on like a main, like a baseline level. But then like more contemporary influences, probably like Big Thief, Life Without Buildings, Mazzy Star. And um, for songwriters, like I really love Rodriguez is like someone that a big name that comes to mind immediately. But like, but yeah, also Bruce Springsteen, he's the king. And uh, I love him and Will loves him and we all love him. How did you decide that you two wanted to form a band? And then how did you get to the current iteration of Love Language? I guess it all started with Will and I were in the same university class. We were at University for Journalism. And uh, we, how did we, I think we just started talking on the bus once. And then one day he like invited me to his birthday party, his 30th birthday party. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I didn't know we were friends like that. And then, (laughs) so I went to his birthday party. And then I think it was like after that party, we were just friends from then on. And then I think Will kind of asked me to jam a couple times, but I was like feeling insecure because I hadn't jammed in a couple years. I hadn't played music in years. And um, I kind of turned him down like in vague ways a couple times. But then finally, I don't know, something clicked to me. And I was like, you know what? Like, I have nothing to lose. Yeah, we should jam. So then I reached out to him. I was like, you want to jam? And then he responded in like under a minute. He's like, yeah, let's do it. When, where, how? <laughs> I remember the reason I kind of, I started to kind of play music together was because after we met in uh, in university, she was, uh, she was posting like song recommendations online. And it was always the song that like, I not only loved the album, but it was always the like, the one song on the album that I like really loved. So I just kind of like went out on a limb and I messaged her and I was like, do you want to play? And then, yeah, the rest is uh, the rest is kind of touch whatever. 
Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, yeah. It's uh, kind of out of character for me to just uh, kind of like ask someone. For the beginning, it was just Will and I. We were in um, just like this practice space in Hochelaga, which is this neighborhood in Montreal, and we were just—I don't even know—we were just playing like covers. We were playing like what were the covers we were doing? Like Sharon Van Etten covers. I think we did a like uh, Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood cover as well. Yeah, yeah, the Nancy Sinatra, and we were just like very, very shy to begin with. But you know, you do this a couple times, and you just you kind of just sink into it and lower your inhibitions and stuff and and then eventually we just started writing and wrote a few things together and then we were like hey we should like get other people involved in this Tash and Will have played in a number of bands before Love Language they told me how they both got started playing music for me it was like since I was a baby, <laughs> I heard Bing Crosby singing Oh Holy Night when I was four. And I loved music ever since. And I started singing in church, the church choir. And I kind of just never stopped singing in the choir. And when I was like uh, early teenager, I picked up a little bit of guitar. Um, and I just enough to like just enough to write songs with, really, just a couple chords. And then I was in my first band in high school, which was the metal band. And then um, I, I've always just written songs on my own, like, since I was probably 11 or 12, I'd say. There's just so much stuff on my computer. Like, I always think about when I'm die like if someone goes through my computer they're just gonna have find so much half-baked shit in there like <laughs> so many like one verse and one chorus and that's it or like just one verse and that's it so i started out 13 or 14 i, I started out playing bass i can't actually remember what was the reason i wanted to play bass but i just remember waking up one day and i just wanted to i wanted to do it so I remember my mom took me to this like weird guitar shop in my in my hometown. It was like this like shed on top of like a in, in a parking lot. There was it was super weird. You had to like go through this shop and onto the roof, and you had to go into this shed. And I remember this guy was <laughs> this deal. It was like a hundred pounds for like a, an amp, a bass, and like he he like gave you gave you like a lesson as well. <laughs> and I remember I remember he taught me My Girl by the Temptations and also Summer Loving from Greece. I just kind of like loved it, and I was just sitting in my room playing bass on my own for a few years and then I had a guitar teacher who we did an all-guitar version of I Fought the Law by The Clash. We played it at, uh, in the school cafeteria when I was like 15 I think and then when I moved to London when I was like 18 I started playing in kind of more 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 kind of serious bands. And... I didn't know you that bass was your first instrument. Uh, yeah it was yeah yeah. Yeah. Interesting interesting. Yeah I played like until like my early 20s I, I Pretty much primarily played bass in their bands. Wow. I, 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 picked, I picked up guitar when I was like 16. Uh, yeah, I picked up bass because I thought it would be easier. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shade to bassists. No shade to bassists. Bass is very hard. How would you talk about your own creative process? Can you maybe like walk us through a typical songwriting session? I guess it always just comes from someone having 
a little idea or, or, or kind of half a song, usually just comes from one of us that has a, like a chord progression or you know, Tash has a little melody line and then we kind of, kind of like to like bounce, bounce off each other and kind of change and... Yeah, it's, it's really just someone has a skeleton of an idea. It's usually Will and I or I who are the instigators of a song and then we will just start fleshing it out together and then once it's sort of a fuller skeleton of a song we'll bring it to the rest of the band it's just amazing to like work on a song with three other people because there's just so many different insights and and suggestions that I would have never thought of myself like the amount of times I don't know like Len has suggested like oh what if we played this part this way or what if you played this kind of chord or like progression or Lucas comes up with a really interesting bass line that really complements everything and it's just so beautiful to like work with a group of people that way it's like and it's so I don't know it's just it's endlessly fascinating to me and I think the personalities of everyone in the band really like mesh together to like make that a very painless process and it usually comes together in this really organic way which is I don't know like it's just so lovely to work with these boys <laughs> <laughs> you've got to kind of just bring an idea and like you learn pretty quickly to drop your ego yeah you bring an idea of, and like you can tell that people don't like it or like it's not working and you just got to move on and yeah I had a a poetry teacher in university who would always say kill your darlings and I I think about that sometimes because you can have an idea that you think is so sick and you bring it to the rest of the van and they're like, eh. And then you just have to move on. You have to just drop it and, yeah. or save it for a rainy day or something. I think, uh, I think for me it's important that it seems kind of counterintuitive, but like not to bring anything too complete, I think is, is really important to me. Mm. Like not to, not to sit on in my apartment working on a song for like two days straight. Just to have the like, just the bare minimum and bring it. The magic that happens when someone else is involved in that process is is so important. Mm. I, I think an, an example of one of our songs on the EP, "Witching Hour," is one that like me and Tash had written the guitar parts, and then Lucas came into this drum beat, and like it really just makes the song and ties everything together. And it wouldn't have worked without his input. Like it, I, I just don't think it would have worked. It's coming in easily, not a sound face up in the sea. He's underground, coming Are there any uh, specific themes then that you guys feel like you like to come back to when you're writing songs? Uh, I just feel like anything I say is going to be so corny or like. <laughs> I think thematically, just in general, I guess what I tend to skew towards is just like the transience of certain emotions or navigating certain relationships in your life and kind of coming to terms with all the shit going down in the world. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I tend to start writing from like a very introspective sort of place and but then it kind of like skews outward to like this more global universal sort of place where I try to make it semi-relatable to anyone who's listening. Do you write most of the lyrics, right? I do write the lyrics, yeah, as it is now. I would love to talk about collaborating, though. I was actually just about to 
talk to Will about possible collaboration because Will is an excellent songwriter. <laughs> the thing that uh, works well in our in, in our collaboration, I think the thing the thing that Tash does so well is I'll come with an idea that's kind of like not that like, it's it doesn't really go anywhere. And then Tash will just like put on this like massive chorus on it, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is a skill that I don't really have. Like Tash, like like she can like she she can write a chorus for sure. But like yeah yeah for sure I'd I'd definitely be down to collaborate more on lyrics. Yeah, I would love that. I'm terrible at like I I I'm terrible at deadlines. I'm I'm always like in the recording booth like writing lyrics like <laughs> two, like 2 minutes before I'm supposed to sing them. This episode is sponsored by M and May. M and May is a woman-run sustainable swim and loungewear brand based in Montreal. Run by Emily and a small but strong team of women, they work hard to create inclusive and environmentally conscious clothing for everyone. Shop their latest collection at mandmay.com and keep up to date with everything M and May on Instagram and Facebook at M and May. Also, cool listeners are getting an awesome deal. Save 10% while you shop with the discount code ALSOCOOL10. Design is the single off of Love Language's EP. Since it is something of a centerpiece, they told me a little bit about what the song is about. I'd say the song is um, is about seeking constancy in an inconstant world. If you expect something in a very like circumstantial way, and something that's very set and um, in like a very like a design <laughs> or a mold walking into an experience if you expect a certain experience walking in you're probably not going to get it and I wrote that right before the pandemic even happened so that's kind of fucked up for me to think about that yeah there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like foreboding imagery in that in that song <laughs> was uh, it's like uh, the power lines about <laughs> like the ending is the ending is near it's like, it's like, what's it? It was a prophecy. What, what did Tash know that we didn't know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Songs to laugh and cry to on the Metro is how Love Language describes their music. The song Lucked Out, another off of their EP, has a bittersweet edge to it. They told me about what went into making this song. I think that's the most, uh, I think for me that's the most uh, cohesive. It's, it's the most uh, whole song. It's, it's sounds like it was written by one person. That's the one I think of when, uh, when I said it's attached to write a huge chorus. That was the one where she just like, jammed it in there even though it like it doesn't really fit it doesn't quite quite fit but it's like it, it also at the same time it fits perfectly she wrote that chorus and it just it just tied the whole thing together in a way that um, i had never really expected oh, honey, try a little bit. 
still love that song a lot. That it kind of started as a slow burner because we were kind of sitting on these, these kind of strange chords for the verse, which we kind of thought sounded like Mia Joy chords, which is like a musician we both really love. For me, the chorus sounds like it's breaking away or like distancing itself from the verses, and it kind of has this like melancholic but also like celebratory uh, feel to it. Yeah, it is bittersweet. It is a bittersweet one. Um, and it does, it is a big contrast with the other songs, I think. It's a song I'm pretty proud of, and like, I think it's the direction we kind of want to go in the future, like thematically and sonically. So, yeah. Love Language has an electric energy on stage. The band members seem to be in another world together, and you can really feel their connection. Tash told me what it's like to perform. It's really like entering another world to me. It's almost like being on drugs. <laughs> it's very like you're just in an alternate plane, and you have to access this very like specific type of energy that you normally don't tap into in your day-to-day -day life, which it's always like kind of experimental for me. It really like opens up a, another sort of portal of creativity that I, I normally don't get to access. And it, it only happens like it happens so rarely because shows only happen like now and then and they only last like maybe 30 minutes at a time. So, yeah, I love it. It's just, you know, it's nerve wracking, but it's exciting. I mean, your body is just pumping adrenaline the whole time, too. Yeah, I think it's also like the transient service of it is something that interests me like I feel like when you record you spend so long trying to get it right and you listen to it a million times and you always notice like the mistakes and they're there forever uh, and when you play live it's no one cares if you make a little mistake and I, I, I think that's beautiful I think you can mess up as much as you like and people will still love it and especially when you record you just get so caught up in trying to make everything perfect and I think it's nice just to just to do it and that's it, move on. You can't change it. <laughs> you can't uh, you can't edit it, you can't overdub it, you can't, like, it's, it's, it's done and it's been experienced. And come on stage, like, I don't know, it, there's just this freedom to it. And mm. yeah, I feel like more myself when I perform than, than I do. Mm. Yeah, I think you're just accessing a, the, like, a really true part of yourself that really lays under the kind of, uh, kind of like lurks beneath the surface. Tash, you were in Victoria and Will, you've lived in London. Like, what do you feel like makes things specifically Montreal? Montreal is very much a melting pot. Everyone just kind of ends up here. And there's so many different influences and, and different um, people, like just internationally that end up here, bringing so many different influences and, and, and genres and styles with them that it's just this absolute amazing just mixture of different things and people and and places and memories and and it all kind of blends together in this very unique way even just the fact that we have a permanent like uh, rehearsal space yeah. is just so coming from london where you would have like a rehearsal space for a few hours a week and you just had to pay so much money for it just having a rehearsal space that you can go to and stay for hours on end and just kind of experiment mm. and there's no pressure to get out the room, someone else is coming in. <laughs> like Tash was saying, the DIY uh, kind of shows over summer. Venues were closed, so people just 
got generators and like played in parking lots and like by the river and under a bridge and that's what makes Montreal music so exciting. Yeah, like people are always gonna make it happen. Like they're just they're like, okay, no venue, like I'll just fucking set up my own venue by under the underpass. <laughs> and it, it is chaotic, but it, it's so worth it. I think it's so amazing. The band is looking forward to playing new shows as things open back up in Montreal. Meanwhile, they're thinking ahead to their next album. I think there will be a lot more like spoken word kind of stuff. Um, like I have really been like the past year really into like life without buildings and like that sort of like just speaking words over music I think is really fun for me, especially live. And um, I kind of get to express myself in a way that I haven't been able to before. So I think there'll be more of that on the next record. Yeah, I don't know. My whole life I've just been singing and trying, like, singing and uh, sort of trying to sound pretty or something. And I think, um, like, I'm interested in, in exploring beyond the confines of that and hopefully get to do so in the next, in this next album. Thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. That was for great. Yeah, that's great. This season of Also Cool Sounds Like is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Gwen Rowley, and Aviva Lazard, in collaboration with Also Cool Magazine. Shout out to the Also Coolers, Malaika Astorga, Zoe Argeropoulos-Hunter, and Rebecca Judd for their editorial support. Our intro music is by Jacob Lazard, and the show's artwork is designed by Christina Rivera. Check out the magazine at alsocoolmag.com or on Instagram at alsocoolmag. You'll find some bonus content of the artists you hear on this very podcast. We'll include a link to Love Language's socials and streaming in the show notes. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to be featured on the show or want to recommend an artist, email us at podcast at alsocoolmag.com. Thanks for listening.